Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. We are sort of just more than two weeks away from 2022. I don't know if I'm just getting old and time is going quicker or if everybody else is experiencing it that, but kind of it feels like I got into, you know, set my flux capacitor at the start of 2021 and we just hit 2022 and it's just crazy that it's almost next year already. And as Yaku shared with us last week, it's weird how calendars work. That the 1st of January is actually just a random day. There isn't any specific reason why the 1st of January has to be the start of a new year, except that it is. And because the 1st of January is the start of a new year, a whole year revolves around that. A whole life sort of just fits into the natural rhythms and seasons. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just one of those thing things. And most of us have probably begun to think about 2022. Most of us have probably kind of written off 2021. We just want this year to get finished with, and we're beginning to plan to dream about next year. And so as over this holiday period, I hope most of us at least are able to take some time off over the next couple of weeks. I get that most of us that are still here are those who haven't taken time off yet, that the students and the others who do get a bunch of time off have disappeared to beaches and holiday homes and different places. Those of us who are here, it's probably because we're still sort of working. But as we begin to cast our minds towards 2022, just in this weirdness of of our calendars, I shared last week that I really believe, two weeks ago, that God is wanting to increase our joy in 2022. And I shared a, a couple of thoughts, and we sort of sang a song about that as well this morning, that there is joy in the house of the Lord. That joy is meant to be part of our birthright as believers, that God wants to increase our joy. And I think that's something that God wants to almost want to say, do for us. We don't do any, we can step into that, we can embrace it, we can receive it. Even just kind of, I felt a little bit awkward because I didn't expect Yaku to do that. And as he took the mic, I realized this is what he's going to do. And, you know, part of me is like, and then as you guys started praying, I was just, well, let me just receive it. I might as well just receive the blessing that you want to pray over me. And as we step into 2022, there's a little bit of that, I believe, that we just need to accept in our hearts, okay, God, I want to receive your joy. I'm not going to kick against it. There might be one or two life adjustments that I need to make to enter into that joy. But I just want to receive the Lord's joy for me in 2022. And I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. But as we go into 2022, and as we start thinking and preparing, sort of planning mode for 2022 over the next couple of weeks, I just sense two prayers in Scripture that the Lord wants us to focus on for the year. Two prayers to begin to pray, two prayers to meditate about, two prayers to bring before God and say, Lord, as we head into 2022, these are, I sense the Lord is wanting to say to us, two cornerstones and for those of us who have been around church and this church for a while, it's probably nothing new. It's things we've heard before, but I sense God just wants us to renew these two prayers and some thoughts from His prayers. They're prayers we know really well, especially the first one I think most of us would know amazingly well. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus was in a certain place and He was praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Most of the time when we read this, we sort of implicitly insert a how in that first phrase of the question. And we we say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I think that is an accurate meaning of what these disciples are asking. They're saying, Jesus, teach us to pray, but they're implying, teach us how to pray. However, I think as a, as a first step for us as a church, and I realize some of us are visiting, and perhaps some of us won't be here even next year as we 
thinking towards 2022. But for those of us that are here and those who aren't here with us but are going to be listening to the recording, I want to hold before you that I think the first thing that the Holy Spirit is really stirring in our hearts for next year is not only that He would teach us how to pray, but that we again would be taught to pray. That prayer individually, privately would be central to who we are, but also corporately. Even just that first Monday prayer, we had a great time praying this last week. We were reminded, and some of you would remember a previous venue, the school where we were at, where we still have to go and fetch a whole bunch of stuff that is still there. Um, and that school, which was a great venue, and we thank God for the 10 or so years we were able to gather in that venue. I know some of us sitting here came to know the Lord in that venue. Some of us got filled with the Holy Spirit in that venue. Some of us had met our spouses in that venue and had life. I met my spouse at that venue, and we had life-defining moments at that venue. It was a precious place. And there was a, a kiosk that they sort of built just after we moved in there, and we had our Monday night prayers there. And there was a time when we filled that venue on a Monday night just coming to pray. And I have a sense in my heart that God is wanting to restore that in our midst. That as we head into 2022, that praying is going to become more and more central again to who we are and to what we do. We don't have time today sort of to break it all down, but what I want to throw out for all of us and for those of us watching and listening to this later is let us make a commitment to prayer. One of the ways I want to invite you to pray with us is we take one Monday night once a month to pray together as a church. For where I'm sitting one Monday night once a month is not too much to ask to come and pray. I realize that we always can't always be there. There are family situations. Some of us have children and we need to make a plan with the children. And maybe in the new venue, we can even make a plan with the children on the Monday night so that both parents, if they want to, would be able to come and pray. But I want to invite you to join with us as we just Monday nights pray. And there are other prayer meetings happening throughout and the students are praying on Wednesday mornings and Lawazi is leading that so brilliantly. And if you want to join with that, and there are, I mean, as a church, we have a thousand different places, figuratively speaking, where we can pray. But there's one place where once a month we come together to pray regularly. We want to ask you to join us for that. And just a quick heads up while I'm sort of thinking towards 2022, those who've been around would know that for the last couple of years, we've taken February as sort of a month of fasting. And we want to invite you again for February to fast with us. And some of you have never fasted, so sort of an easy way that we kind of throw out to, to fast for February is fast one thing for the whole month. Coffee or chocolates or whatever. Something, God, I'm not TV, social media, whatever it may be. One thing that I'm going to abstain from for the whole month. And then what we like to do is to take Wednesdays for the month of February and fast every Wednesday from a little bit more than just that. So maybe we're not drinking coffee as an example for the whole month. And if I know for some of us, that's the, for my wife, that's like a huge thing, no coffee for a whole month. And I know some of us are there, no coffee for a whole month. And then say, for example, Wednesdays, we don't eat either. And you think right now you're going to die, you won't die. And sort of take Wednesdays to fast, and then we come together in small groups on Wednesday. If you happen to have small groups on a different day, then perhaps you want to fast on a different day. Because then we come together and we break fast together in the evening. And then we take right at the end of February, and we'll give you all of these details later on. I'm just sort of putting this out now. We take the last weekend and we do an extended fast. We do a, a three-day fast together and we pray for the year. We pray for whatever God is leading us to. We pray for our church family. We pray for our church plants. We pray for the people that he is raising up to send. We pray for the people we want to reach in the city. But we take three days then and we do a concerted time of prayer over those three. So February is sort of a month of prayer and fasting. I just want to throw that out there as we are talking about praying. But as we start off into 2022, and we're going to look at sort of some thoughts from these two prayers, sort of the first thing that I want to hold before you that I think the Holy Spirit is holding before us is that we would not only learn how to pray, but we would be reminded to pray. The Lord would teach us to pray. That prayer is important. I remember sort of 
I've always believed in prayer. I know prayer changes things. And if I could, I'd sort of preach sermon after sermon on the power of prayer. I'm amazed that Jesus, he is sort of just about to be arrested and go through that whole incredibly torturous emotionally and physically time leading up to his crucifixion. And he does something really interesting. He takes his three best friends on earth, Peter, James, and John. He goes and sits with them on a hilltop, and he says, you guys stay here and pray for me while I go over there. I'm amazed by the fact that Jesus believed in the power of their prayer. He believed their prayer over here would change what he was going through over there. He gets back and he finds them asleep and he is upset that they're not praying for him. We don't see him upset with the disciples often, but here we see him upset. And I think it's because he believed in the power of their prayer. He believed that their praying would change something about what he was going through. I remember years ago, we did a community thing. We had a, um, a children's ministry in Danville, right in the far west. And noticed something really amazing in our driving there. And we'd go during the week and we'd minister to the kids. It'd be really precious. But we picked up something that, you know, sometimes you get in the car and you're driving there and you're having a good time and you're chatting about whatever, you know, this afternoon's Grand Prix is Max or Lewis, what's going to happen, all of that. And you get out of the car and you minister to the kids and it is chaos. And then other weeks, you do exactly the same drive. And on the way there, someone would just stop the conversation and say, let's just pray for our ministry to these kids this afternoon. And it is night and day, the difference in that ministry. The difference, the behavior of the kids, how they listen. It, it just fascinated me just how something as simple as stopping for a few minutes and praying, bringing that event before the Lord, the incredible difference that it will make in our ministry. I believe that God believes in the power of our prayer. And I think if we believed in the power of our prayer, if we really believed our prayer over here changes things out there, we would have prayed more. And so we're going to be praying, I just sense, a lot more next year. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. First thing that Jesus throws in here, we're obviously looking at this text from Luke, slightly different in Matthew. But in Luke, the first thing, the first focus is here, Jesus, it is about your name. Your name, which as you study scripture, you'd realize is his glory. Jesus' name and Jesus' glory, the Father's name, the Father's glory, they are tied together in the most precious and beautiful ways. It is so incredible. If you want to go and do some homework, you know, great thing about Google nowadays, Google is a fantastic Bible study tool, if you've missed this up to now. Not only because it can link you to a whole bunch of really good content, it can link you to bad content as well, so be discerning. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we used to have in our Bible, some of you probably still have these concordances at the back, where people went and kind of a word would appear and they'd say these are all of the verses where the word appears. And you'd go and you'd look and it was fun kind of to old school research in Scripture. Now you just type the word you're looking for in Google and it just spits it all out for you and it's so much easier. If you want to go and do a Google search for the glory of your name in Scripture, you are going to be amazed at the number of verses that jump out that have to do with the glory of God's name. The glory of my name, the glory of your name. Go Google those two phrases. You are going to be amazed at how many verses jump out, how it is a central theme to all of Scripture. As a matter of fact, it is the central thing that you and I are invited into with God is to live for the glory of His name. And so as we sort of thinking through this prayer and, and praying through this prayer, and perhaps as a, a precursor, as an introduction, I should have mentioned that I've been challenged over the last few years a lot about the prayers that I pray. As I said, I believe prayer changes things. I believe there is a dimension where Jesus is over there, in a sense, emotionally going through hell on earth, and Peter and James and John are sitting here 
And Jesus believes Peter and James and John's prayer is going to change what Jesus is going through. Jesus believes this. I also believe that often, so there's that dimension in prayer. I'm not knocking that all. I very much believe that that is a component of prayer. I also believe that often prayer changes me more than it changes a whole bunch of other things. That when I begin to pray about a person, about a situation, I begin to experience, to see, to understand that situation through God's eyes. I've realized if there's somebody that's really irritating me, one of the most important things for me to do is to begin to pray for them. Because I begin to understand who they are through God's eyes. And the irritation becomes compassion and love and grace. And my heart towards that person begins to change because I begin to see them not through my irritable eyes, but through how God has created them to be. I begin to have compassion for their struggle and for their hurt and for their pain. I begin to celebrate how God has made them different to me and He's actually placed gifts in them. And sometimes it's exactly the gifts that God has placed in them that irritate me. But I need to learn, and my prayer for them doesn't change them. There is that component. I'm not throwing that. But my prayer for them changes me. It changes my heart, and it changes my approach. But as we begin to pray for God to do certain things, something that I've been challenged by is I, I don't think we can authentically pray for God to do something if we are not also willing to be the answer to that prayer. In other words, if we are praying, Jesus, you need to do something about situation A. Jesus, we bring situation A before you, whatever kind of is stirring in your heart. This person that's broken at my work, these kids that are hungry, these students that are confused, these mothers who don't have a direction to turn to, whatever it may be, these fathers who don't know how to lead their families. God, I, I pray into that and I believe my prayer into that God does something. But I also know I can't authentically pray that if I'm not willing to be the answer to that prayer. If Jesus says, okay, begin to teach those dads how to lead their families or begin to feed those children. Yes, Jesus, we must feed the kids. Yes, Jesus, we must feed the kids. Okay, go feed the kids. No, Jesus, you must feed the kids. Sometimes we have that conversation and then Jesus says, no, you feed the kids. And so as we begin to pray these prayers, it's not only that we're beginning to pray these prayers, I think we need to align ourselves to also be willing to be the answers to these prayers. And so if our prayer is, Jesus, your name, then we also need to be willing to say, I'm going to live for your name. I can't only say, Jesus, let your name be kept holy, and I'm not willing to live for the glory of your name. I'm not willing to rearrange my life for the glory of your name. And so as we begin to say, God, teach us to pray. Okay, we're going to start praying. God, teach us to pray. God, if you're going to teach me to pray, that means I must at least pray. Okay, I'm going to start praying. Jesus, I'm going to start praying for the glory of your name. And perhaps that also means I need to start living for the glory of your name. Praying for the glory of your name is fantastic. But it also needs to translate into living for the glory of your name. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon is the next phrase here. And that same principle applies here. We need to pray for the kingdom of God to come. There are so many fuzzy thoughts and ideas about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is actually pretty simple. And in Bible school, I strongly encourage you, if you haven't yet done Bible school, to think about enrolling for Bible school. We, especially in second year, spend the whole year thinking about the kingdom. Because what is the kingdom? The kingdom is where the king reigns. The kingdom of God is there where Jesus' will comes to pass. I think I've mentioned this in a couple of messages recently. I get so frustrated when I speak to people who are angry with God because tragedy happened in their life. Something drastic happened. Somebody they loved died, moved on, whatever it was, heartbreak. One of the things that I, I have to trust God, we have to trust God to help them to understand is get angry. 
be upset, but at the right culprit. If death and destruction has come into an element of your life, let's not be angry with God who has come to heal, to make whole, to give life, to restore. Let's get angry at the devil who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so often we're blaming God for things that the devil has done. And so if we're serious about saying, let your kingdom come. I love that song we've been singing that the Shofar Band have, have written for us. Just this lyrics, the song, the soundtrack they've given us for this theme. Let your kingdom come, Lord God. I'm praying for your kingdom to come. But hopefully that means tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm also willing to be an agent that lets your kingdom come. So not only am I saying, God, I want to live for the glory of your name. That's the motivation. That's central. That's what's driving me, Jesus. It's your name, your renown. But Lord, I'm, I'm going to be a kingdom advancing agent. And the kingdom, if you haven't noticed yet, doesn't come by accident. The kingdom doesn't come just because I happen to be stumbling through life. The kingdom of God advances when I get deliberate about advancing the kingdom of God. In prayer, in partnership with the rest of the body, not sort of as a Rambo thinking I'm going to solve it all by myself, but when I understand that I have some contribution to the kingdom. And so in a sense, I want to give us some homework as members of this church. And for those of us who are visiting, perhaps you can sort of translate this into your frame, into your context, but begin to pray and say, God, how and where do I get to build your kingdom next year? God, perhaps it's investing into, obviously, as dads, as moms, into our families. But I love what, what Fred, our founding pastor, said many, many years ago. I love this so much because it so resonated with me. You know, if you're a mom or a dad, you are a mom or a dad. You're not called to be a mom. You are a mom or a dad. And that is central to who you are to be, a husband, a wife. That is central to who you are, but your calling goes beyond that. If I'm called to, if I have children, I'm a husband, but you know what? There are also, I'm a husband, I'm a father. There are also other fathers and other parents of the kids at the school that my kids are going to. Begin to pray and say, God, how do I advance your kingdom? Yaku's got some great things, just as beautiful example for all of us as he's gotten involved in his school community. They have a prayer group who shares some of those testimonies here often as he prays together with the fathers. He shared just a couple of weeks ago about the guy who was healed from cancer. How as a prayer group just at the school, away from church, away from what we typically would think of of the structure, he's getting involved in advancing the kingdom of God. I honestly believe God would have every single one of us engage with advancing his kingdom, bringing his rule, bringing his reign in a little bit more to this earth. It doesn't mean we have to solve the whole orphan problem in the nation. But maybe in one life, in one colleague's life, there's just one step we can begin to take to advance the rule of the kingdom of God in that area. So God, we're praying, let your kingdom come. Just as an aside, we need to do this in prayer. We can't just go onto Twitter and see what the latest social justice causes and jump on that. Some of those social justice courses are brilliant and they're of, of God, and many of them aren't. We need to step onto God's agenda and not man's agenda. We don't want to be driven by what are all the people around us saying. We want to be driven by what is the Holy Spirit saying. Where is He leading? What is it that He is seeing in my life, the situation where I can make just a drop of difference? So we're saying, God, we're going to be praying, Lord. Not only are we going to be praying, we're going to be living for the glory of your name, and we are going to be advancing the kingdom. And for every one of us, that's going to look different. For me, this is one of the reasons, and we need to trust God to bring this back in our small groups. One of the reasons why it's so important, because coming together in small group, it's not just a place where we come together and we have a packet of chips as a student, or we have a meal together and we spend seven minutes praying for each other. No, it's a place where we come together and we take hands and we say, where are, are you advancing the kingdom? And let's pray for that. How can we support you in that which God is laying 
on your hand to do? How can each one of us individually, it's a launch pad from where we step out to advance the kingdom of God. A place where like-minded people come together and we say, we're going to partner together. We're going to build together. We're going to invest together. We're going to shape together. And that could be into the lives of individuals as they grow as disciples. It could be different. It could be us stepping into spaces where we are people of influence or trusting God that he would give us a moment of influence to be able to advance his kingdom there. And that's the first prayer as we look towards 2022. Very simple. Jesus, teach us to pray. Okay, this is how we pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. And then the rest of the prayer is really encouraging. I'm not knocking that. Obviously, that the rest of the prayer says, because God, we know you will provide for us always. Give us this day our daily bread. When this translation is, give us each day the food we need. And he will give us the food we need. I'm so convinced about that. I've seen that in my life over and over, that God is not mocked. David writes so beautifully in the Psalms. He says, I have been young. And now I'm old, and I've seen a whole bunch of things, but I've never seen the righteous or with children begging for Never the righteous for second. We can hold on to that. God, give us each day our daily prayer. Give us this day the food we need. Forgive us our sins. There are going to be times we sin, and God's grace, we sang about it so beautifully earlier, is sufficient to forgive us from our sins. Yes, that's going to lead us to times of repentance. Those are all crucial. Those are all important. We're going to forgive those who sin against us. We're going to have gracious hearts as we live. But I think what the Holy Spirit is wanting to just press on my heart to hold before us as we pray about 2022 is, Jesus, where can I pray more? How can I pray more? Teach me not only how to pray, but teach me to pray, Jesus. Make prayer a cornerstone of my life. Jesus, help me to live for your glory. Show me what it looks like, Jesus, to live for the glory of your name in 2022. And as I do that, God, I want to be a kingdom advancing agent. God, where can I step out? Where can I be deliberate? Where can I put my time and my energy to have the kingdom of God advancing? Because of my action. I believe he's calling each one of us to that. That's the first prayer. And the second prayer we actually read in the chapter before that, in Luke chapter 10, the Lord, that's Jesus, now chose 72 other disciples and he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and the places he planned to visit. So he's sending them to go and minister. He's sending them to, he gives them these instructions to them. He says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray. Gives us some instruction. He's just told them, or he's going to tell them in the next chapter, he's going to teach them to pray. Pray. Here he also says, pray. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. And normally when we read this, normally when we pray, if we're honest, we see the harvest and our response is to pray for the harvest. We see the people who are far from God and we pray for them to meet God. And those are good prayers. We see the people who are struggling, going through challenges, and we pray for them. And those are good prayers. But it's interesting, that's not what Jesus says we should pray in this context. He says, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him not to sort out the harvest, not to heal them, not to keep the harvest healthy, not to all of the other things that Quibus will tell us that the farmers pray needs to happen to the crops before they can harvest them. No. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And once again, this is one of those prayers that we can't pray if we are not willing to be the answer to our own prayer. We can't authentically pray, Jesus, would you send more workers into the field and not be willing to go into the field when Jesus sends us? Not be willing to be the answer in this context to our own prayer. So this is the second prayer that I believe we should meditate and pray on. And God, yes, I'm going to step out to advance your kingdom. But God also, where can I be a worker in the field? 
God, I know you want more workers in the field. I know the harvest is ready. I know everything. God, I know your word says that. I know there are broken people all around. It's not that there's a problem with the harvest. There's a problem with the workforce. And so, God, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. What does that look like for me? And I can't tell you generically what that looks like for you. We can sit down. We can pray about it. We can put some ideas on the table. We can see where is God leading you. But it's not a generic answer. I can't say that this is what God is telling all of us to do. I don't believe that would be good shepherding because God would lead each one of us according to the ways that he has prepared for us. I do know there are things that we are called to do corporately and collectively, and I would love to invite us to do those things. As an example, I know one of the things that we must do is we must disciple people and send them, prepare them to go. And part of that is our Let's Go teams, like our Live team right now at the Live Village. And so next year, they're going to be, hopefully borders will be a little bit more open like they are now than they've been in the past couple of years and more open even. And we're going to be sending teams. And so there are a couple of things just around that. You know, when we say the harvest is ready, the workers are few. Okay, God, I'm putting my hand up to get on a plane next year. To where? I don't know quite yet, but somewhere. I'm going to start saving now. I'm going to start preparing. I'm going to spend... You know, sometimes we miss this, my preparing to go on a missions team. Okay, so I'm going to join, and I'm going to say this just as an example. I'm going to join Bible school because I want to grow in my relationship with Christ. But I also want to be able to go on a missions team, go to my workplace, and be able to bring the kingdom there. So for that, I probably need to be equipped. So let me attend Bible school so I've got some stuff to teach when I go. Let me become a leader, let me serve a children's church so that when I go on a, children, on a mission, I've got experience. I can minister to the children. It's not something that I'm figuring out in the moment. I can actually go with a gift that I've got prepared. And so as we go, grow as disciples, we're also preparing ourselves to step out. We're sometimes tongue-in-cheek, but I think there's a lot of sort of, I actually think this is accurate theology as well. Our prayer shouldn't be God, should I go? Because last time I read scripture, Jesus had already said go. He already said go to all the world and make disciples. And sometimes we're like, well, okay, Jesus, tell me I, will, I must go, then I'll go. And he's already said go. The question should be, where should I go? Or Jesus, if this time I mustn't go, tell me not to go. But the standing order is go. So every time there's an opportunity, I'm going to see if I can get on that page. To go. And so next year, that's going to be just once again something we're going to continue to drive. And I want to invite you to be part of, to put your hand up, to say, I want to lead a team. I want to be part of a team. I want to go on a team. I want to bring some of the people that I'm walking a road with, that I'm discipling, that I'm helping to grow in Christ. I actually want to bring them along on this team because they are going to grow as they go. So I'm going to invest into their life now. I'm going to prepare them now. I'm going to get them ready that they are also able to go. On a practical level, just here where, where we are in, in church, well, that's another thing. Obviously, let's go. The foundations, all of those things, the encounter series, something that kind of I just want to drop with you just as an ideal. One thing that I know we are called to do as a church, let me rephrase that. Five things I know quickly we are called to do as a church. Missions, I've already mentioned. Let's go. We're called to go. We're called to gather exactly like we're gathering now. There's something that happens. Lives get changed and transformed, and it's something precious. In this. We're called to gather in small groups. I know that's what God wants from us. We're called to meet together away from this space in a place where every one of us can share, can be vulnerable, where every one of us can grow, where we can invest in one another's lives. We're called to do that. I um, laugh every now and again. People would sort of say, I, I want to be part of a small group, but I don't want to be in church. And then my head just explodes. Because small group is church. And I don't know how you can tell me you want to be in church, but not in church. Because you're either in church or you're not in church. Church is community. Church is gathering. And small group is as much a part of church as the Sunday gathering. And so we're called to missions. 
We're called to gather in small, in large groups. We're called to gather in small groups. We're called to teach people the word of God in Bible school. Just looking around, not going to ask for a show of hands, but I think the majority of us here, and I'm encouraged by that, have done at least first year of Bible school. It's part of what God has called us to do. It's part of the gift he has given us to be able to impart that to people's lives. It's so amazing to me, just looking around the faces. Most of us have done at least first year Bible school. And then the fifth thing that I know we're called to do is our encounter series. Bring wholeness and healing to people. Help people grow as disciples, but also help people experience the grace of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. Not as the end in itself, but to help us to grow in relationship, to create environments where we partner with the Holy Spirit, where we experience the Holy Spirit, where living and being led by the Spirit becomes normative to us and not the extreme weird thing. We're being led by the Spirit. We see it demonstrated and we can live by it. And I know those are the five cornerstones of what God has given us as our ministry. And every time we deviate from that, confusion sets in. When we get back to that, we see people transformed and healed and restored. Doesn't mean we don't do other things along the way as well, but those sort of remain the building blocks and the cornerstones. And so what I want to hold before us is just as an ideal. If every person in our congregation, maybe just for 2022, could say that I want to be part of one ministry area during the week and one ministry area on a Sunday. Let me just qualify what I mean by that. That doesn't mean every Sunday, just like our band as an example. They're not all on duty every Sunday, but they'll all be on duty during the course of a month somewhere in a Sunday. The same with our sound team and the same with our catering people and children's church, etc., etc. Very few places do we have somebody who has to be there every Sunday. But imagine if we all would just say, there's some place that I want to serve on Sundays. And that will probably translate to once, maybe twice a month on the odd month. I don't think that's asking too much personally. One Sunday a month, I'm helping to make the service special. And then similarly, one other ministry area during the week. I want to help counsel people. I want to help whatever else, all the plethora of other stuff that we do. I want to serve at encounters. I'm willing to serve at encounters one afternoon or one evening a month or whatever it is. But one thing that we do sort of during the week, and once again, it won't always necessarily be Every week, if you're a small group facilitator, that's slightly different. You're leading regularly. But for most of our other things, it's one thing that happens not every week. And one thing on a Sunday. I know if we find a way to be a worker in the field, if we find ways to say, God, in these areas where we know you've called us collectively as a church to serve, I want to get invested in that. I know our church is going to thrive which means you're going to thrive because you are our church. Our church isn't an organization. It's not, church is the people that you and me, when we engage with what God called us to do, we flourish. But it's not limited to that. Let me just say that as well. That when we pray in God in 2022, I want to be a worker in your field. What does that look like for me? I'm praying and trusting and I believe that for most of us, it would include something that we do corporately, collectively. But also, it will be something that we do from here into another space. Something that we do a different place where our minister, a different, maybe we do it together as a small group. Maybe it's a bunch of us. We put our hands up. We all have our heart for this thing. And once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is, we go and we serve some way. We work some way. We see the kingdom of God advanced somewhere. And so as I said at the start, for most of us, this is probably nothing new. Most of us haven't heard new theology today. We haven't heard, wow, I've I've never thought about that before. But I do sense as we go into 2022, if we were to take these two prayers and for the next few weeks, pray them and say, Jesus, what does my 
not only praying this prayer, but what does my living these prayers look like for 2022? I know that we are going to be well positioned to do what God's called us to. To say, God, I'm going to pray. Don't quite know where I'm going to find the time yet, but I'm going to make time to pray. I'm going to live for the glory of your name. I want to make your name and your glory central to who I am, to what I do. I want to be a kingdom advancing agent, Lord. Let your kingdom come, God. What does that look like, God? Where am I able to let your rule and reign be advanced? And Jesus, I want to be a worker in your field because you say I must pray for the workers. So Jesus, can I get to be one of the workers that you send into the field? As we close, just one last verse. I can't remember if I put it up. Did I put Second Chronicles up there? on the slides for us. I did. This is a verse which the Lord gave me years ago, just as sort of I was asked to, to lead this church. And I believe for us as a church, this is sort of, I come back to this often. I know this is something that God in the spirit has instilled for us to embrace. And maybe a little bit of the backstory. There's a new king. His name is Hezekiah. He's a young guy, 25 years old, and he becomes the king. And he becomes one of the longest reigning kings in the history of Israel. He was king for 29 years. And in the 29 years, he starts right at the beginning. And I love how scripture says, he did what was right. One of the scary things for me is how rarely we read that phrase in scripture when you read about the kings. Most of the kings we read about, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But this King Hezekiah, he steps in and he doesn't do everything perfectly, but his heart from the start is right before the Lord. And so right at the beginning, one of the very first things he does is he restores temple worship. He literally says, he calls the priests, he says, guys, this temple has become a storeroom. Let's throw out all of the rubbish, put in the storeroom, and let's use it for what it was purposed for again. Let's just get the basics in that sense going again. And so he calls the priests aside. He gives them these instructions. He says, wash yourself, sanctify yourself, get everything ready. Let's begin to step into everything that we're meant to be doing. And then he gives them in 2 Chronicles 29 verse 11, he gives them this instruction. He's speaking to the priests and he says, my sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. And I believe that's an encouragement for us as a church God wants us to be diligent about our duties. The Lord has chosen you. As I said, this is the word that God gave you right at the start. How old is Lisa? 11, 10 years ago when I began to, when I was asked to lead this church, I felt God saying, he has chosen us. He has got a plan and he has a purpose for us. Not because he hasn't chosen a whole bunch of other people as well. His kingdom is way too big to think that we're going to do it by ourselves. There are phenomenal other churches in the city across the planet that God obviously has also chosen. Many, many, many of them. But he has chosen us to stand in his presence. To minister to him. And the word there literally is in a sense of prayer. To bring incense, to burn incense, which is an image of prayer. To pray. God has chosen us to be a people of prayer. And he has chosen us to lead people in worship. And worship there represents the presence of God. He has chosen us to lead people into his presence and to present offerings to him and to serve him and to bring ourselves as living sacrifices before him. And so as we're heading into 2022, these are the same things that I think God is just reminding us again. To present ourselves, the Bible says, as acceptable sacrifices, living sacrifices for him. But the invitation that I want to hold before us, the encouragement, as we, in our calendars, how many has got a 2022 diary as yet? A couple of us, the diary people. Who is not going to have a 2022 diary? I'm one of those people. I haven't done the diary thing in ages. Cell phones are amazing. Calendars. But as you begin to diarize, plan, think towards it, Let's begin to pray these prayers, but not just pray them out there. Pray them with an understanding 
that as we are praying these prayers, let's also live these prayers. To pray. To live for His glory. To seek His kingdom above all else. To be kingdom advancing agents. And to be workers in His field. Say, God, I'll be a worker. Because, can I just also throw this, and this is what I love, the second part of the Lord's Prayer. We can only really embrace these and run with these when we learn to trust that God will provide. You see, we can only say, God, I'm really going to live for your name, for your glory. I'm going to seek your will above everything else, as Matthew tells us to do. If I've made a peace with the fact that all the other things will be added to me. If I'm worried about all of the things that are going to be added, the what will I eat, the what will I drink, it's really hard for me to live in surrender to God. If I've found trust and faith in God, if I know it's going to be okay, if I know I can say all these things will be added, okay, God, so it feels as if I'm going to lose my job if I stand up and I say this, but I know you're saying I must say it, so I trust you, God. God, my neighbors, problem, I, I get the feeling that they're not going to like me, but God, you said it's going to be okay. You will continue to provide. And so I want to also give an invitation around that. This morning, but also in the week, as we're praying into 2022, if those are still things that register in our hearts, pray about them. Bring them before God. Say, God, I know your word says this, but this is hard for me to believe. But I, I still struggle that this daily bread thing, Jesus, I don't know that you're always going to give me my daily bread. But I, I struggle to trust that I'm not going to lack. That you will supply in all of your, in all of my need according to your riches, Lord, as you promised. That's not a promise that we're always going to have the nicest BMW, live in the biggest house. Not what that means. But we will have more than sufficient for this day if we seek first His kingdom. And if that is where you are, don't feel condemned. Don't feel bad about it. I actually did a series about that a couple of weeks ago. Just what are some of the things, the steps we can take that will help us to grow our faith? And perhaps you want to download those messages on the podcast, on the YouTube, and allow your faith to be grown. Ask God to grow your faith. It's a good place to be when we realize our faith isn't that great because it opens the door for our faith to grow when we're willing to admit that our faith needs to grow. And if that's where you are, we want to pray with you even this morning to say, Jesus, would you help our faith to grow? We want to trust you, God, so we can step into everything that you have prepared for. Can we stand together? I would love to pray for us this morning. Jesus, I want to so thank you for, for times like this morning, God. I want to thank you even, Lord, for the whole of 2021 where you have been so very good to us. Lord, not just even in a church context, not when we could and when we couldn't gather, Lord, in, in that space too, but just individually, Lord. I, I know, Lord, looking around these faces, there are so many stories, God, of how in this past year, you have been good to us. We want to thank you for that. We want to build, in a sense, a monument, as Yaku shared with us, around 2021, Lord God. A year in which we grew in faith and in favor with you, Lord. And Lord, as we look towards 2022, God, we just say we want to walk in everything that you have prepared for us, Lord God. Lord, we want to see the year in the way that you see the year. We want to see your plans, your provision, Lord your purposes for 2022 in the way that you see it, Lord. And so we ask God that in these next few weeks, as we begin to pray these two prayers, Lord, would you speak to us, Lord? Would you show us, even as we continue to pray them through 2022, God, would you show us your plan, your purpose, your ways? Because that's what we want to follow, Jesus. Teach us to walk in the way that you would have us go. And Father, I pray for everyone here who perhaps right now is still struggling with 
the idea of your provision of your hand, Lord God, who's finding it hard just to embrace your purposes and your kingdom because of the reality and the fears of this world, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and reveal Jesus to us, Lord. God, would you come and even as we pray around those areas in these coming weeks, would you come and reveal yourself to us, Lord God? Would you come and lead us in truth and in righteousness and holiness, Lord? Would you grow our faith so that, Jesus, we may trust you and so that we may step into everything that you have prepared for us? In Jesus' name, amen. I've got this Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. Pretoria.